KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. KBLA Talk 1580, uh, taking a selfie while we uh, <laughs> while we get on the air. Hey, just reminding you that the ballots are in now. The election is actually happening right now for your mail-in ballots. If you want to hear any of these conversations with uh, candidates for district attorney or assembly or senate, they are all on our website, KBLA. 15, it's just uh, kbla1580.com. Another um, person seeking your vote for the job of L.A. County District Attorney is in the studio. You can find us on YouTube. He's a lifelong Angelino. Grew up and went to uh, school here. Um, went Met his wife here. Vivian is her name. It's in the bio. Raised three children. All that happened in Los Angeles. Um he is, um, his dad was an Air Force captain. He says public service is in his DNA, and um, he is running for district attorney. Welcome, uh, Nathan Hawkman. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you in studio. So again, um, you're a prosecutor. You want the top job. Why? So I I am a lifelong Angelino, and I've gone up and down this county all throughout the 88 cities that that make it up, and I've talked to people, and people are genuinely afraid. They're afraid to go out at night. They're afraid to see their kids out. You know, they're afraid to go to parks. They're afraid to go to subways, the beach. It's a a level of fear that we haven't seen in years. In fact, they took a poll, and two-thirds of Angelinos <clears throat> you actually feel less safe today than they did three years ago. And it's and there's a reason for it. I believe that part of the significant reason for it is the DA's current policies. And the DA actually set out a whole bunch of policies the first day he took office. And he said out loud to criminals that I'm going to move the lines. I'm going to actually move the lines in favor of, for instance, juveniles stealing just under $950, which is why we had a situation over on January 2nd at about 3 in the morning at Rubens Bakery in Compton, where a 13-year-old backs a Kia, takes down the iron grate of that 48-year-old institution. Over 100 juveniles go in, ransack the place, and know quite candidly that they will not be prosecuted. No, I mean, no one's... uh celebrating, you know, somebody ramming into a bakery and running in and no one celebrating smash and grabs. But um, when I hear prosecutors, especially folks who are conservatives, saying that they can make a direct correlation between a crime and a policy, I, I need to see the evidence for that. So the, the, well, the evidence is causation. That but for that policy, I don't think you see a hundred juveniles but, run in. But, but let me, let I me, don't think you see is not evidence. That's your opinion. Well, again, the 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 way you can see it is the rise, for instance, in property crimes that have happened every single year that George Gascon's policies have been implemented. They rose ten percent in twenty twenty one, twenty four percent in twenty twenty two, and now twenty five percent. Right. Again, I mean, again, right. You're giving me statistics. But again, where's the causal connection? I mean, it could be the pandemic, could be George Gascon. It could be people are broke. It could, you know, there's lots of reasons why that happens. So, you know, again, it's just like Proposition 47. The day after it was passed, police, uh, you know, organizations started saying, oh, crime is up because of 47. Well, it's not even been implemented yet. So that's an opinion. And I, I just need to see evidence. Fair enough. But let me make sure that you understand my perspective. Okay. Because you only listed half my resume. 
I've been a prosecutor for 10 years. I'm reading your bio, so oh, no, no, no. <laughs> maybe they need to work on that. Sorry. No, actually, it's right there in my bio. I was half of the, I spent 10 years as a prosecutor, but I've spent 20 years as a defense attorney. In fact, I've gone into court and cross, I'm the only candidate who has cross-examined police officers successfully. I've gotten cases overturned when the police violated people's constitutional rights. I've overturned wiretaps when they violated constitutional rights, searches, arrests. I've won acquittals at trial as a defense attorney. As a prosecutor, I'm the only prosecutor who actually prosecuted a corrupt uh, sheriff. If you remember back in the 1990s, there was an elite major drug unit in the sheriff's department that went after drug dealers, the highest end. Problem was they were stealing the drugs and the guns from the drug dealers themselves. At the U.S. Attorney's Office, I was part of a group of 16 prosecutors that went after 32 different sheriffs. We convicted them all. In fact, Denzel Washington modeled the movie Training Days after our prosecutions. So I actually have the credibility on both sides of the aisle, holding the police accountable. It's not other candidates talk about an idea of doing this, a plan to do this, an aspiration to do this. I've actually gone into court, prosecuted police officers on one end, and gone ahead and cross-examined on the defense on behalf of people alleged to be committed crimes. He will presume to be you know, presumed to be innocent. And very often, as I'm sure you're aware, that presumption is a very hard thing to enforce in the courts. But I spend every day for the last off and on 20 years of my career going after the government and holding them accountable. Now, that doesn't mean that I think every police officer is corrupt. Just the opposite. I think the overwhelming number of police officers are trying to do it right every single day. But when they don't do it right, they know that Nathan Hockman isn't going to talk about assigning someone to do it, that I actually have done it myself. I walk that walk, not just talk the talk. Um, so speaking about, you know, both sides of the aisle, um, you've been endorsed by Steve Cooley, um, and um, you were... You were a Republican, but now you're a Democrat. So I, I was endorsed by Steve Cooley, but I've also been endorsed by Michael Harris. Michael Harris, as you know, is the founder of Death Row Records. Michael Harris, again, is someone who's gotten to know me as not just a prosecutor, but also a defense attorney, and also someone who cares about what happens to prisoners while they're in prison. Michael Harris, as you probably know, is one of the founders of a, 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 a group called The Last Mile. And you should look it up. It's thelastmile.org. It does something, does fantastic work in the prisons. It's actually teaching uh, prisoners coding skills, how to do a website, website maintenance. And so, and it helps them get a coding certificate. And most importantly, it helps them get their first job when they get out of prison. See, a lot of the, the, the other candidates here, they've never had a client with a conviction, get out of prison, and see how hard it is to actually get a job, to actually get a bank account, to be quite honest. But what the last mile does is it helps them get that first job, and whereas the recidivism rate, the rate at which people go back to prison after two years, is over 50% in this county, which is an absolutely shameful statistic, the last mile's recidivism rate is zero right? So you're talking about I don't I don't see him on your website, but um, so but you've also been in, endorsed by Steve Soboroff, a former L.A. police commissioner, um, and you you said you didn't address the issue of like 
you know, because it sounds like your your endorsements are both sides of the fence to a degree. I don't, I don't know if my if Harris is a Republican or a Democrat. I don't know him personally, um, but I know Cooley is um, is a, a Republican and has been spearheading every recall effort and every effort to um, get rid of Gascon. So why the switch from Republican to Democrat? Oh, and let me make that clear. I didn't switch from Republican to Democrat. I was I, I re-registered for this election as an independent. And let me uh, tell you why. Not the independent party, but the whatever decline. It's, a, it's actually no party preference. No party preference, right. right. And let me tell you why. If this position of the district attorney is called a nonpartisan position, which means when you get to the ballot, you're not going to see anyone's a party affiliation next to their name. And the reason is you want the district attorney to make the calls on the balls and the strikes of people's liberty, not based on whether or not you are a Democrat or, or someone's a Republican or someone's a Green Party, but based on just the facts. Yeah, and the but law. I mean, my my what it says R or D after my name doesn't change my perception. It doesn't change my life experience, my it, lived experience. Experience, which colors the way I see justice. That, and absolutely. And that's the point. The point is, is that these labels, these party labels, you could be a Democrat, but what does that actually mean? You could be an independent. Well, it, it kind of does mean some things. I mean, specifically, well, Republicans in L.A. County have been uh, very, very actively um going against the will of the voters in terms of reforming our, our district attorney's office and our, our entire justice system. But again, it, are you going to vote for just the, the label or are you actually going to look to ask me what I stand for? So for instance- Yeah, that's, what, that's why I'm asking absolutely. you. Why would you switch? Is so, it a change of be, heart about those policies or are you just- No, what I-, what I You my, just want to be neutral. No, what I want to convey to the voters- is that I actually believe it, that we should take the politics out of the decision-making. So I'll give you an example of a law that's come down that George Gascon has not enforced, but I would enforce immediately. It's called racial blind charging. It actually got passed last year, and it encouraged every single county to go ahead and engage in a situation where when a police report comes in, a computer program, interestingly, strips out all references to both the defender, the potential perpetrator, the victim, even the police officer, anything dealing with race. It then asks the deputy district attorney to make a decision. Would you bring the case or not bring the case? Then they get to reveal the the racial words, for instance, or descriptions that were part of the original Got report. It. Got it. And if you then make the same decision, then the case proceeds on. If you don't Got make it. the same decision. Of course, the now, police officer who made that arrest didn't have that colorblind uh, <laughs> advantage, but and, and you, by the way, you might be right. But the whole point is, <laughs> on the DA's office, mm -hmm. you can help. It, you that's the whole point. You can help correct if there's been a Got it. a racially improper a decision based improperly on race. You can actually correct that. And you know how where we need to actually really focus on it is there was a report released today by the Commission on Human Relations. Uh, LAP, the yeah. LA Commission, that mm -hmm. basically said that blacks and Latinos are being over-prosecuted in Glendale, South Pasadena, and Pasadena. Right. And what's interesting about that... Okay, I, I mean... I'm sorry. Go ahead and land. I just want to make sure Certainly. we have time to let you answer the questions you asked me to ask you. Uh, absolutely. But, but what, what I think it's so important for your, for your listeners to hear is that most of the focus on um, racially um, improper policing is done in the urban areas. This is one of the first port reports dealing with the suburban areas and made some of the similar findings that we've yeah. seen on the urban areas. I mean, you could have pretty much asked people in the community <laughs> we would have told you that. But So you started out saying that Gascon on day one 
rolled out all these policies that you don't agree with. And, um, but those policies, it's really almost like a list. I mean, you can argue with how we did it or whatever, but it's pretty much like a list of what we, the voters, asked for. And that's why we elected him. So, you know, you're, n- you're blaming him, but not the voters. Oh, no, no, no. Just the opposite. I think the voters came, the voters elected George Gascon in a fairly unique situation of time, timing and circumstances. We, on May 31st, 2020, we had the George Floyd situation, the George Floyd murder. Then we had uh, riots in the streets. We had the defund police movement. We call them protests, but okay. (laughs) We had the, 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 the the protests. Uh, You had, and you had the defund the police movement. You then had George Gascon making certain promises to the voters. And the promises were very, uh, as you said, transparent. He said, I will release violent and serious criminals before they serve their full sentence. That's not quite what he said, but okay. That's what he that's did. That's how though. you, that's how you're interpreting. Yeah, but you can't put people but, in but quotes how, when that's not. That's actually what he did uh, and has done consistently um, over the last two I, years. I don't agree. You know, I don't know that that is factual, but Okay. Let me give you, you the second one. He said things as uh, opinion, and that's fine. Uh, fair enough. Uh, and he said out loud that I won't prosecute to the full extent of the law of violent and serious criminals. I don't think that's what he said. But okay, and, got and, your point. But, I mean, but, but he made so, a third. So, but he made a third promise. Okay. The third promise is if I do the first two, things are going to get better, more safe than less safe in our community. Okay, let's talk about some of the actual concrete policies rather than just, uh, we'll do that uh, when we come forward, um, rather than just saying, he said I won't prosecute violent crime. We're talking about the death penalty. Yes. We're talking about gang enhancements, yes. uh, which you know many feel are racist, and they are certainly having a racial, racially disparate impact. We're talking about whether kids should be charged as adults. The, you know, this isn't... I'm going to let everybody out. These are specific things that voters ask for, not just in L.A. County, but a nationwide movement, right? Right. And so I want to get your thoughts on those specific policy positions when we come forward. We are talking with Nathan Hockman, and uh, I didn't mean to leave out the bio, but, uh, you know, he will inform you. He's uh, certainly been a prosecutor for many years in many different Positions and right now he wants your vote for district attorney. This is KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station, radio station, and your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now, right now, we're talking with Nathan Hockman. Uh, he is a former federal prosecutor, uh, and he is an attorney uh, and general counsel in private practice. Uh, you can find him at NathanHockman.com. Threw out a list of policies for you um, and wanted to get your thoughts. Certainly. So let's take uh, the, the gang enhancement or the gun enhancement, or for that matter, all enhancements. What I believe is that we need to reject what I call blanket policies. Blanket policies are policies where you decide before you know anything about the crime, the defendant, the defendant's history, or the impact on the victim, what the result is going to be. Now, we used to have these blanket policies of what, what I call mass incarceration, and others have called mass incarceration. I mean, we still do, right? Three strikes. Three strikes is, again, not a blanket policy. It isn't? It isn't, actually. Mm-hmm. Because, again, what a blanket policy is, is that we predetermine the result. Now we're on the other end of the pendulum swing, which is that George Gascon came to office with blanket policies of what he called decarceration, what I believe is something called the hard middle. 
And the reason it's hard, it actually requires experience. I'm sure you're aware that George Gascon came to office having never sing, never personally prosecuted or defended a criminal case in his entire life. I bring 34 years of prosecutorial dis, uh, um, experience as well as 20 years of defense experience. And, you know, the combination between prosecutorial and defense experience is unique amongst the candidates. And what the hard middle is, is that you look to the defendant, the individual case analysis, not based on race, not based on anything other than who actually committed the crime in their, in their background. Look at the crime committed and the impact on the vic- victim to determine who the true threats are to our public safety and go ahead. And those people, unfortunately, have to be behind bars and the ones who aren't. Because remember, I am a defense attorney. I'm going into court every day telling a judge, well, my client should be given a chance. And I have that perspective that I bring to the defense, excuse me, to the DA's office, because quite honestly, if you've only been a prosecutor, you think everyone is a nail and you're the hammer. (laughs) Okay. And when you're a defense attorney, you understand that that is just not true. The police can make mistakes and often can can and often do. But when they do, it's a defense attorney's job to make sure that those mistakes are brought to light and their clients is vindicated. As a district attorney, I bring that defense perspective, marry it with a prosecutorial experience in order to make sure that every single prosecutor is looking at all the factors all the time to get it right. And if they don't get it right, correct the error. So, um, you, you know, it sounds like from day one, uh, you were philosophically opposed to the, um, the agenda or the policies laid out by the Gascon, uh, Gascon DA. Yes, many of them. And so... Many of them, as, as far as they are blanket policies. See, what Gascon did that was very useful, and I know you've asked other candidates this, as to what he's done that's useful, he highlighted the problems in the system. Problems of systemic racism, problem of racial charging based on nothing more than race and not the actual crime um, defendant and the impact of the victim. But they'll but never admit that it's nothing more than race. Most of the time, it's the coloring of charges or even the arrest of a person who wouldn't be arrested if they weren't black. Well, you're, you're familiar with the Racial Justice Act, that it came online in 2022 and is now being implemented in L.A. County. What that allows is defense attorneys for the first time to actually bring race into the courtroom and challenge a prosecutorial and an arrest okay, decision but, based on race. But, but, but as, a, but as a DA, you know, I, I think what you've just stated is that you agree that systemic racism and bias is a problem in our justice system. And so as a district attorney for a county, a huge, ginormous county that is the home to many, many black people and Latinos, what do you as a DA do to address that? I mean, I don't, uh, you know, policy-wise. Well, what you do is you make everyone. I mean, they've had implicit bias training before in the DA's office. You make and it they, a, and, and they have it in the police department, and they still kill black people more than anybody else. Well, again, you, if, if, if your solution is to just give up... No, that's not my solution. No, my, solution my solution is robust policies Ab- that change that, well, my, that are my, enforced. And that's the last part. The, what I've just described to you about the Racial Justice Act, that's state law. What I just described to you about racially blind charging. But what are that's you going law. to do about it if Implement. we elect you, DA? Implement. How? How? Take, take the racial blind charging. Right now, a, a small county outside of Sacramento has already implemented it called Yolo County. You know, L.A. County should be the leader 
in implementing mm-hmm. racial blind charging. Now, you don't have to technically start it until 2025, but Yolo County started it in 2023. Mr. Gascon, if you so believe in racially blind charging, how have you not implemented this and been one of the leaders of the 58 counties in California? I would be the leader in these type of implementations. Racial Justice Act, you need to be one of the leaders. And I would, I would bring that leadership to this, to this for the fact that you have not focused on racially blind charging, which is a state law right now. Is a is a testament to the fact that Gascon has failed to communicate that even so to you, you to, want to implement to racially blind charging, but keep gang enhancements and other enhancements that are being applied in a racially disparate way that disproportionately impacts Black folks. If uh, put this way, if a gang enhancement is being imply, applied improperly, and again the Racial Justice Act allows that information to come out. If it is being applied properly when I'm the DA, I will implement a, a, a system to make sure it is not. I bring a perspective, like I said, of the defense attorney who's been challenging these type of things for 20 years. Well, improperly and, and, and disparately impacting different communities is not the same thing. It, actually, it, it, it could, is. You could I, be following the letter of the law and we find that, hmm, this... This is being used on black people way more than other people. So that that could still be legal. But, but it's not. That's the Racial Justice Act. In fact, so what, in, so what are the consequences in, of that under under a, the, under a Hoffman I, uh, district attorney? Well, I'd refer you what just is happening right now in court with the Antioch Police Department up in Northern California. Uh, several defense attorneys challenge under the Racial Justice Act uh, prosecutions brought against actually murderers. You know, people who had shot two gangs in, uh, that ended up sh- getting in a shootout. People got murdered. But the uh, defense attorneys brought up the whole notion of this racially biased arrest, racially bri- biased prosecution, and racially biased enhancements. And they were able to actually bring this into court for the first time. And the DA's office, the Contra Costa DA's office, led by a woman named Diane Becton, basically opposed it. And the judge actually found in favor of the defense. Okay, we're, we're, we're tight on time here. I want to make sure you get your main points off where we can find out more about you. And you started off saying that we were less safe. People feel less safe. So what, it, what do you propose to make us feel safer? So what I propose, again, is we go back to what I call the hard middle, where people who commit criminal acts are held accountable. And the true threats to our public safety are put behind bars. But the ones who aren't, your first-time nonviolent offender who might be at the crossroads of his or her life, is given that chance. They have, they're held accountable. They have to pay a debt to society. But they might get community service. They might, if they stole something from someone, they might have to pay it back. They might get a diversion program if they have a substance abuse disorder or if they have a, a mental illness. Um, or if they're a veteran, for instance, or there's other categories that you can actually find a, 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 a punishment that is not going to prison. So what I would, say, what I would say to, to, um, to your listeners is this. You're looking for a district attorney with experience. I have 34 years experience on both sides of the aisle, prosecutor and defense attorney. I both have uh, been the co-founder of the L.A. Sheriff's Foundation and the only uh, candidate who's actually prosecuted dirty cops. You want someone who's had leadership experience. I've led a division of the U.S. Department of Justice in Washington, D.C., and two law firms, government investigations practice. I've been the president of the L.A. City Ethics Commission, holding city officials accountable. And last but not least, you want someone who's independent. 
You don't want someone who's going to make the balls, the calls of the balls and the strikes based on what party affiliation someone has. Got it. Okay, well, we have to leave it there. Uh, Nathan Hawkman, NathanHawkman.com. It's H-O-C-H-M-A-N, NathanHawkman.com. Thanks so much for coming in. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. And um, we will continue our conversation. In fact, call me, 800-920-1580. It's KBLA Talk 1580.